This is your host, Pete Moore, and I am pleased and humbled to announce the launch of my one and only book, Time to Win Again, 52 Takeaways from Playing and Watching Team Sports to Ensure Your Business Success. Those of you who know me personally and anyone who listens to Halo Talks for any length of time know that I am an avid sports fan and a big believer in the value of team sports. What I've seen over the past 25 years helping businesses grow, raising capital, being an entrepreneur myself, and coaching and mentoring executives in the sector, it's the lessons learned on the field perfectly apply to business. Entrepreneurs, executives, managers, you name it. Every company that's a strong company has got a good team. It's a quick read. There's awesome illustrations in there from our good friend, Mark, at Cruelty Free Cartoons. If you go to integritysq.com, enter your email address, and we will send you information on the book and the Entrepreneur's Survival Kit as well. Be great. Take names. Go Halo. This is Pete Moore, Halo Talks, NYC, on location, Dallas, Texas, with a good friend of mine for many years, seasoned operator, varsity athlete, <laughs> Texas Family Fitness, Joshua Wheeler the first. Hi, good Pete. How are you? It's good to be here. Awesome. So um, let's go back to our Gold's Gym days and uh, yeah. give us your uh, how you got into this industry, Ooh. how you've been like the uh, chief revenue guy, PT guy optimizing clubs and now finally you know have your own ceo role yeah fantastic well uh, going way back uh to my junior high days i uh, saw the movie pumping iron gold's gym fell in love with the brand fell in love with the uh, the industry and told my parents i wanted to uh, own my own gym and i uh, had the opportunity to start at the uh, front desk at uh, gold's gym in clackamas oregon when uh, gene lamont had three gyms and that's where it all started. And, uh, Gene Lamont, yeah. le legend in the, legend. In the Gold's Gym Network. Yes, sir. A great mentor of mine. And uh, so 33 years later, here I am, CEO at uh, Texas Family Fitness. So talk about, you know, being inside the Gold's Gym uh, franchise network. Talk about, sure. you know, what you did there and, you know, really understanding the unit economics, understanding mm -hmm. the psychology of a member and you know, how all the levers work, you know, inside operating a club. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to partner with a gentleman by the name of Steve Appleton. He was the uh, CEO of Micron Technologies. And um, we we bought a uh, Gold's Gym out of bankruptcy in uh, Boise, Idaho. And um, we grew the gyms to uh, five locations, 40,000 members. And, uh, you know, him being the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, he expected me to run the gyms accordingly. Mm -hmm. And uh, my financials were due by the uh, 17th of every month. Um, he had two days to review them with me down the 21st, and uh, he knew exactly what he was looking for. And, you know, that, that taught me probably more than anything on uh, what levers, um, the financial reporting, the acumen. And uh, I don't know that there was any better training grounds for me than the time I spent with uh, Steve. Gotcha. And then you worked out in uh, the Gold's Gyms in, in L.A. for a while, which is definitely, you know, hard charging. That's right. You know, probably a little more glitz, glamour, and, you know, fast-paced sales process. So talk about yeah, for how sure. that helped. And, and um, I had spent a lot of time with uh, Will and Angel, or Will and Angel um, when oh. I had the uh, the franchises there in uh, Boise. And uh, we used to share best practices. And so I knew a lot about them, their culture, their expectations. And um, we operated very similarly um, in the markets that I ran. And when I had the opportunity to uh, team up with them on the executive team, 
uh, I jumped at it. And uh, I, I had a great time there. Um, got along great both with uh, Willie and Angel and Brian Morris. And uh, we had a great run, um, a lot of fun. And uh, it, it fit my culture and, mm-hmm. and the pace. So it was uh, um, definitely culture that I, that I loved, I enjoyed, and I had a good time with. Great. So then um, you and I connected and, you know, had an intro to the, to the top spin guys who, who own Texas family, yes, sir. you know, going into a, um, you know, becoming the CEO, you know, one, you're not reporting to anyone else, you know, everyone's reporting to you. That's right. Um, obviously you had a lot of training ground and, you know, this was kind of a natural progression, you know, in your career, Yeah. you know, getting involved with the company, it was, it was entrepreneurial led before um, private equity, you know, probably needed to add some more clubs in order to create like a real true platform and a, and a corporate overhead yep. staff. So talk to, to us about, you know, how you kind of assessed where the company was when you got involved and what are, you know, the main action steps you took, Sure. you know, right when you got your sea legs there. Yeah. So the really in any market I go into, the first thing I'll take a look at, um, really three things, people, systems, and accountability. Um, who are my people? Um, do they understand the culture? Uh, we'll take a look at uh, what kind of systems are in place um, and then what level of accountability. And so the first thing we did, we uh, did some one-on-one, spent time, talked a lot about uh, expectations. What are you expecting from me? What's fair of me to expect from you? Mm-hmm. Um, we took a look at uh, what systems were currently in place and uh, what systems needed to be in place. Um, and then what level of accountability was um, currently happening where it needed to go. So one of the things we talk a lot about is being system-dependent, talent-enhanced and uh, not the other way around. And I think in a lot of uh, situations, you're dependent on the talent, you lose that talent, you're starting over, and there's no right. system to repeat the result. So going into um, the partnership with Topspin here in uh, Dallas, those are the steps we took. Met with people, had about 30 days of uh, assessment, taking a look at uh, who we had, um, where we needed to upgrade, and put the systems in place, and then it comes down to uh, execution. So, you know, you've gone into very fast-paced environments. You've gone of methodically thought about growth. Um, you and I spent some time together recently. So, you know, I, I get a sense for how you look at new opportunities and, yep. you know, there's a methodical way that you've come to be, yeah. um, you know, so how do you kind of temper your passion and enthusiasm for, Hey, I want to serve more members. Like I want to open up more yeah. locations at the same time. I got to understand that my systems and my team and like my business can only grow at a certain pace. And how have you kind of rebalanced your own like enthusiasm and reality yeah that's that's a that's a tough one because um i've got a big appetite and i think a lot of guys in my shoes also have that big appetite and uh but you can't grow just to grow and i think you've got to look at uh being opportunistic so the opportunities there you got to be able to to strike and take advantage of it because you don't want to miss that opportunity but at the same time what is the plan what's the plan what's strategy are we currently hitting plan. And if we're not, it's going to be very difficult to go back to the well to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're staying at plan or ahead of plan um, and we're continuing on our pace, um, you continue to run the play. You continue to uh, check the box and uh, make sure you're ready for um, those opportunities and um, always looking. Yeah. But uh, I think you've got to be real careful in uh, growing just to grow. Yeah. So, you know, as you drive through North Texas or North Dallas, um, you know, it's like McMansion Row or like these new like 600, oh, yeah. 600 you know, houses popping <laughs> it's, up it's there and they're up in like in four Texas. months, right? So how do you think about, you know, defending your turf at the same time, you know, saying, all right, look, if Eastport or LA Fitness or 24 or so whoever goes into like this market here, 
you know, I'm not going to own every community, but I want to own key communities and I'm willing to pay up for certain leases mm-hmm. because I know that that is going to be the next main on main yep. or that is like the next power center. So how do you think about, you know, when you go to a board meeting and say, all right, here's my ideas and like, here's what it looks like today. But trust me, like I, I know what, what five years looks like and, and this is where we need to be. Yeah. So one of the things we did day one was took all of our existing data. And uh, we ran it through a software platform that um, scored site selection. And uh, with those, we, we compared it to the EBITDA contribution to see, mm-hmm. okay, which clause we're producing, what level of EBITDA, and how did that compare on uh, the score on the site selection? And we were able to back in, I could almost predict exactly based on score, what level of EBITDA percentage of our total EBITDA was coming from that location. Mm. And so we were real quickly able to back into um, what a great location looks like for us. So we um, searched the market. We looked at um, what pockets matched our best locations, our best contributors. Um, What were the top five personas in that area? What's the two, four, six, eight, 12 minute drive time look like? Mm -hmm. And uh, then of course you're going to look at... uh, uh, visibility, accessibility, and parking. Um, if those three things don't don't work, the club's not going to work. But uh, we've been able to really dial in on exactly what kind of a score works for us, uh, what kind of a location works for us, and um, and it, it's it's been great. So we've been uh, the last few clubs we've opened, we've been ahead of plan, and uh, we're right on track. Let me let me tangent for a second because in a number of these um, site selection software platforms, and we work on a lot of different deals. So when somebody says Hey, there's like uh, 20 clubs that could be put into this market, yet they're selling the data to 10 clubs and it's not a 200 club market. So how do you kind of say, all right, I'll trust the data. Now I'm going to verify what I think. And I'm not just going to go, you know, you say that there's 300, you know, cars going past here, but you forgot that there was no exit ramp. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> you know, that's so exactly it. And, and I think there's been some mistakes that have been made even in our portfolio with, with selection of sites that uh, that situation. You, you can't get off the freeway to, to get to the site. So once, once the address scores, um, we'll spend some time. We'll take a look. We'll pull into the parking lot. We'll, take, we'll sit there for an hour, two hours. Um, what does it feel like? Um, how easy is it to get in and out of? How easy is it to uh, um, pull into the parking lot um, during prime time? Is it on the right-hand side on the way home? Um, what does competition look like? Shop the competition. And uh, so you, you, you go through your due diligence process. And uh, one of the things that we want to look is how easy is it going to be to drive guest traffic? Yeah. You know, we, is it going to be an uphill battle every single day to generate a guest? Or is this going to be something where um, we can uh, capitalize on the uh, natural guest traffic and uh, use that to leverage even more guest traffic? You know, no one's ever said to me, I got this really shitty location next to a Whole Foods. You know, yeah, no one said sure. it like for, Trader Joe's, right. like, oh, that's that place right. sucks. You know, like, I, I'm going to go as far away from there as that's possible. Right. Yeah. So, and it's one of the funny things, like when I was back at Broccoli Moran, which probably right around when you and I first met, mm-hmm. you know, we we're talking about site selection and plan. I'm like, why don't you just go like next to every Home Depot? They probably did the, did the work right. yeah, to figure sure. out like, hey, there's, <laughs> there's enough people here to, you know, make a $25 million Home Depot work. It's that's probably right. one that could do a $3 million Gold's Gym. Absolutely. Um, so how important are adjacent tenants and how important going forward is it to understand your consumer what they want and where they're willing to go and who you're next to that kind of like yep. reframes like what your brand represents. Yeah, I think that goes back to the uh, the persona mix of your location. What are the top five personas and, and where do they shop and uh, where do they go after they leave your club? And that's uh, data that we've been able to pull. Um, Tell people what the personas are just because yeah, that's so, it's interesting. So, how. You know, for example, for us, um, our number one persona might be what we call an F-22. 
and that uh, to make it easy, that will be your soccer mom. And uh, so we'll take a look at uh, the drive time and, and what percentage of that drive time consists of that specific persona. What are the top five personas? You know, 054 is another big persona for us. So we know it that. Sounds like a game of Battleship uh, right very, now. Very much so. This is like and member Battleship. That's right. Take four O-054s and, and three hit, F-22s hit. and <laughs> give me 500 parking spots and I'm off to the races. There you go. Um, but yeah, back to your question on the uh, the magnet effect of some of these other anchor tenants, um, that's big for us. Um, we just recently opened a club in uh, North Dallas on the corner of Coit and Campbell, and we uh, did a pre-sale right across the street right next to uh, a Sprouts. And uh, the traffic that we um, drafted from that uh, that anchor tenant was phenomenal. So you're, you're exactly right on the uh, magnet effect of some of these tenants. I want to take a minute and tell our audience about two awesome workout recovery products I've been using for the last 18 months from HigherDose.com, leader in infrared technology for athletes like all of us are. We're an investor in the company. That's not why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because it works. You got an infrared sauna blanket. I hop in there. I'll listen to some podcasts, burn 800 calories, get a mad detox and a PEMF, which is a pulsed electromagnetic field crystal mat that I lay on and I recalibrate my cells to the normalized level of the earth. If you got somebody you like and you're looking for a pretty awesome gift, they will love it. You could use this code HALO75, get $75 off and you will not be disappointed. HigherDose.com, promo code HALO75. And now let's get back to our regularly scheduled program. So Texas Family Fitness traditionally been running an HVLP 2.0 yep. business model. You've gone bigger in locations. We toured some locations that, you know, you, you're continuing to expand or yes, probably sir. need to expand. Yep. Um, you know, what is the new prototype look like? What's the square footage, you know, and what, what do you expect to see uh, from a membership standpoint? Yeah. So we, we, I guess, coined the phrase HVLPHS, so high volume, low price, high service. And uh, I guess you might call it HVLP 2.0, but for us, we call it HVLPHS. And we want to make sure that not only are we a high volume model, but we're a high service model. And, uh, you know, your three drivers in the business are going to be acquisition, retention, and, and revenue per member, revenue per workout, however you want to define it. And so, you know, everything we do should be maximizing one of those three things. Right. And what is the upside? How vulnerable are we if we're only doing 20,000 square foot clubs? And so we made the decision when, when I came here to expand the footprint. Um, I think ideally we're somewhere north of 30,000 square feet. We're really starting to look at the recovery component. But um, dry boxes, and uh, but the world class fitness, and um, I think that's what we've been able to prove to our market is that um, when it comes to fitness, we're as good of an option as as really anybody out there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you take a look at the pricing that we're at in this industry, and obviously, you know, Planet kind of went to the bottom, and yep. you know, I think they're slowly kind of creeping back up with mm-hmm. you know getting people on their black card or um, you know their annual maintenance fee, obviously. How much do you feel as if the price to value that I am providing to a member, it's just I'm giving away too much for, for this price? And, and how much does that kind of eat you up? Or do you say, hey, look, this is the market environment I'm in, and like we're not going to 
tinker with that because I got a sailed engine and that engine needs fuel and right. fuel is new members and I got to keep that flywheel going at the same time you know I know that I'm this probably is a price increase I could put through here but I just don't want to tinker with that so how do you how do you think about that yeah, as a so, CEO um it, it, it's a great question it's something that I personally debate nonstop yeah. and but one of the uh the thought process of, of a mentor of mine, JP, years, years ago talked about was velocity drives the engine. And you've got to have volume, whether you're looking at a price point of 19, 29, 39, 49, everything's driven off of, off of volume. And in our particular model, what we're looking to do is maximize the volume. And so at that point, how, how much can we drive the effective rate up while not impacting the volume that we feel like we need um, to hit our expectations. Mm-hmm. And so we've backed into a specific effective rate that, that we attack every single day and we'll modify um, our pricing strategy accordingly. And if we feel like we might be behind a little bit and um, the levers aren't working from a marketing approach, we'll, we'll do something. Maybe we got to get a little more aggressive. Maybe we got to pull out a pocket play, something like that, to keep the volume up. But, uh, you know, for us, it's all based on uh, effective rate and mm-hmm. um, what we want that velocity to look like. Yeah. And how much or how important is it, you know, from a standpoint, you've obviously run PT departments before. Mm-hmm. You've kind of been focused on, you know, revenue per member and yep. ancillary revenue and getting people results, you yeah. know, uh, obviously is part of that. How do you feel about, you know, look, I got a really big pond and that leads to other things down the road, whether it's, you know, I can sell personal training, I can upgrade people, I can get them to do more member referrals. So just talk for a minute about how you kind of say, yeah, look, Pete, you know, yeah, uh, the volume's great and it's a lower yeah. price, but it's all but it opens up a door or doors. That's right. Well, and, and that's where that velocity comes into play is it, it drives all your engines. And um, you know, years ago we would do juice bars, we do tanning, we would do you know all these different profit centers. At the end of the day, we could only be great at a few things. So um, we feel like we can truly be great as personal training and, and supplement sales. So those mm-hmm. are the two profit centers that we focus on driving every single day. So our volume, we'll take a look at what we call new member unit accountability. So where is the member at on their onboarding process? Uh, what percentage are we looking to get involved in some type of service plan on the day of enrollment? Um, of those that don't get involved on the day of enrollment, what percentage do we want to get in front of our uh, fitness team? And, um, you know, what, what kind of show we're looking on, what, for, what kind of conversion we're looking for at that point, what kind of renewal. So we'll track it from start to finish. And, um, but, it, but it, again, it all comes back to that um, overall velocity. If, if our volume is down 20%, it's going to affect the back end. And um, we still have to find a way to, to deliver on the back end. So um, then we look at uh, other opportunities to uh, tap into the existing member base, drive some internal referrals to the fitness department. But uh, um, volume will be get more volume. Um, mm-hmm. You got more opportunity for referrals. You got more opportunity to drive in front of your uh, fitness team. And it uh, just keeps the overall energy up as well. Yeah. So you and I have known each other personally for 20 plus years. So I, yep. you know, I know your personality. I know how you work. I know how you think. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my impression is that you give people a lot of um, decision-making power. Yeah. You kind of keep them within a framework of how you like to operate. And you've got a personal side that, that shows that you care about them. Sure. And you also have, you know, a, uh, a loyalty where people are want to produce for you. Like they don't want to disappoint you. Right. So how do you, how much of that is deliberate? How much of that is kind of tried and true? Um, how much of it is like, Hey, this is how I want, this is like my image. And like, this is how I'm going to roll. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a combination of 
everything you just said. And a lot of mistakes uh, uh, growing up as a leader in the industry and, um, you know, and all those personality tests, uh, you know, I came back driver, driver, typically you have a complimentary secondary um, personality, but mine came back driver, driver. Right, and so right. in the early days, it would be um, a tendency to steamroll individuals and uh, almost too heavy a foot. And, and I think even today, there's a tendency for me to have a, a heavy foot. And so I've got to back every, off every once in a while. I've got to assess. I've got to listen. And those are just things that I've learned to, to do. And, and I'll let people know ahead of time, look, here, here's my personality. I'm a driver driver. So if it comes across that uh, I might be heavy handed, stop me. You know, wow. pull me aside. Let me know that, uh, hey, you need to back off. You need to slow down. Um, but one of the things that I explained to my team from day one is we're a performance-driven company. We don't pay on effort. We pay on performance. Yep. And hopefully they match, but um, this is a performance-driven industry. Yep. And some people can do it in less amount of time. Some people takes more amount of time. But at the end of the day, you've got to deliver, and that might mean more time. Yeah. Um, it might mean less time, but um, you've got to perform. Yeah, I use this. Um, well, I, put, I put it in the book also that um – Somebody comes and says, How, well, what's my uh, guaranteed cash bonus at the end of the year? It's like, yeah. Yo, I'm paying you to, <laughs> to, to win. I'm not playing. You're playing to win. You're not playing to play. Like there That's shouldn't right. be some incremental benefit of if we win. It's like when we win, That's right. you will get paid. So I, I'm not hired. You're not going to be on my team if you're here to like collect a paycheck. Like you're here to, to make something happen. That's and right. then That's trust right. me, I'll take care of you, whether it's contractually or whether it's you know, the way things are going to get done. That's right. That's right. And and, and we look for, um, we we talk about our, um, our kind of player, OKP, you know, what, what is our kind of player? And, uh, you know, we look for individuals that, that are competitive. Um, maybe they've got a chip on their shoulder. Maybe they've been passed over in other opportunities, but Mm. we want those that are willing to, uh, fight and grind every single day. And, uh, we want you to fall in love with the grind. And if you can't do that, it's a tough industry. Yep. Yep. So, you know, as you take a look at the cluster of clubs you have now, mm-hmm. obviously Dallas is continuing to boom. Um, you got a great, uh, you know, geographic reach in this yep, area. Yeah, I think one of the best. Yeah. How, how do you think about, you know, whether it's going to other markets, think about saturating Dallas, you know, you've got a lot of knowledge about other companies and, mm-hmm. and other um, markets in the Southeast, if you wanted to kind of go Dallas, you know, and, and go eastbound with this HVLP. Yeah. 2.0 HS. Yep. So how much can you do and how quickly can you do it? And, and you know, what, what would you say, hey, if I had the opportunity to get to X amount of clubs and affect X amount of people in X amount of cities, like that's where I want to be. Yeah. Well, like we talked about earlier, I've got a very big appetite and I've got a lot of confidence in our, our existing team. I've got a lot of confidence in our ability to execute. And uh, you know, a lot of it, 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 uh, it depends on the, the appetite of the, the private equity group as well. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of continued opportunity for growth in the, uh, the DFW Metroplex. Um, but there's a lot of pockets in, in the rest of Texas that we look at and say, man, there, there's some opportunity. And as we go into those markets, it's going to be coming in with a cluster. So not just, okay, we're going to do one club out here. It's right. where can we do some critical mass, uh, roll out three to five clubs all within a, a certain window so that we can leverage um, economies of scale. So, but, but our team can execute at a high level and uh, we can run at a fast pace. That's great. So in closing here, uh, any uh, business quotes or personal quotes or sports quotes that you kind of either live by or, you know, remind people of? Yeah. You know what? Um, I, I love to learn. And uh, one of the, the, 
quotes that I it just has always stuck with me is Benjamin Franklin. He says, empty the coins in your pocket to fill your mind. Your mind will fill your pocket with coins. And it's, it's just educate, continue to learn, continue to learn and apply, but uh, learn and apply, learn and apply, learn and apply. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm going to continue to learn. And uh, had another mentor years ago that told me, Josh, always listen because they might be right. Hmm. Awesome. All right, in closing there, and a plug for the Halo Academy. If you want to learn something, we got a Halo Academy go. 101 and 102. Or you can become uh, an apprentice. Invest in that education. Or you can become an apprentice at Texas Family Fitness and work on the executive management Even team. Even better. Even better. And then you can go to the athlete book and get some more uh, <laughs> awesome uh, varsity athletes to, uh, to to staff your bench. So um, great to see you. I'm psyched Absolutely. about the Thank progress you, you made much. and career choices. And uh, look forward to the next five-year uh, five run. Likewise. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Pete. Awesome.